shows. It's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. In the air to left field, Riley Boone is there, and Oklahoma does it again. The unstoppable, undeniable, unkillable Sooners win their 51st consecutive game, and they are back in the championship series for a fourth straight postseason. Victory! Victory! Oklahoma fans are a hundred times better than they are on Twitter. And they stay there, and they say yeah, and they say there. Reputation earned. It's um, it's pretty wild to watch OU Twitter go to work. Uh, D1Softball.com will have someone that picks against OU, uh, which at this point is, you know. You know what you're trying to do if you're picking against OU in a game. Um, but they get exactly what they want because people get attacked if you say anything negative or pick against this team right now. Um, it's an easy chance for interaction, but be careful. Right. OU bites back on social media, that's for sure. They do. They do, and they come in packs. Um, so, impressive, though. Fourth straight championship series appearance for the University of Oklahoma, going for the third title in a row. 51 straight wins. Impressive stuff. Yeah, and, um, man, three out of the past four games have been real nail biters. You know, the the Tennessee game, who we thought might have the second-best offense in this tournament, that was the one that you got out easy on, a five-inning run rule. But today was tough. Last Thursday was tough. The Clemson final game was tough as well. This team's at 51 wins, and they're two wins away from winning a title, but they've had to earn it, dude, in the Super Regional and and World Series format. So, though they look dominant with the 51 consecutive wins and haven't lost yet in OKC, they have been been challenged big time. And seemingly every single time, they come through in a two-out, two-strike situation. Yeah, they've... Well, I mean, is that true? Um, Clemson, it was a two-out, two-strike situation. Yeah. The Stanford game on Thursday, was that another two-out, two-strike situation? I think it was. Yeah. And then today was, again, with T.R.A. Jennings. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Well, it, well I, I was trying to remember the first Stanford game, and I couldn't. Well, that was when um, it was Jada, right, who got the base hit to left field. Gets under the left fielder, okay, yeah, yeah, and yeah, they yeah. end up scoring those two runs. I think that was a two-strike situation. I think it was yeah. an O two. I think it was O two. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember, but uh, I think your hunch is probably correct. So, flair for the dramatic, um, but uh, with all the drama, they're still in the championship series, undefeated. Um, and I'm fascinated to see uh, see how it plays out with Tennessee and Florida State tonight I think it's going to play out where Florida State wins the first game and we have our championship series in order it just kind of it's felt like this was inevitable for whatever reason I I mean we we thought that uh, Florida State and Tennessee were probably the second and third best teams in this field 
But I, I don't know, especially after that Tennessee game, it just felt like OU and Florida State, that was going to be your championship series. And we yeah. saw these two, you know, ironically enough, we saw these two teams play earlier this year. And going into that game, Jordy just wasn't Jordy. You know, she didn't do a whole mm-hmm. lot in the offseason, and she had a slow start to the year. And she came in in relief in that game and got out in some big spots. And I kind of felt at the time like, okay, well, that was the moment that we're going to point back towards to when Jordy Ball really got it going. And as you look back today, I think that that's exactly what happened. And she's at worst the second-best pitcher in the sport right now. It's either yeah. Jordy Ball or uh, Nyjah Kennedy. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. And she seems to be in really good form right now. Um, she's got no reason to, to be down whatsoever with the way that she's performed recently. I am just cur- uh, I curious am- to see what 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 Tennessee has to, to offer for Florida State. I mean, they've got a pretty good pitching rotation. Um, they got a couple of really good starters and yeah. then a couple of, uh, of you know, players that they can bring in in spot duty that, that have some really good stuff. I mean, the gosh, the tall blonde that throws at 76, uh, incredible. But, you know, she's not someone that's going to give you a whole game. Like, she can come in and give you an inning or two before she starts to get a little bit erratic, but uh, that's a pretty dangerous weapon. I, I am curious from the text line uh, who you would rather see in the championship series. And I'm, I'm guessing everyone feels confident about either matchup, but would you rather face Florida State? Would you rather face Tennessee? Like, who's the better matchup is, who you would rather beat? I'm uh, I'm curious to comb through the text for these next ten minutes and uh, – to, to kind of yeah. see what everyone's feeling. What, what do you do? You think anyone really has a preference on on the two, in terms of um, matchup? Who you know who they'd rather beat in that spot? Uh, I could see both. I could see both. Um, I think. I think Tennessee to me is. I still think they're the most dangerous team, just because of what they offer offensively, and I know that. Um, we ended up running through them pretty good, but I, I just, I don't know. I guess I haven't seen enough of Florida State. I know Sander Cox been a really good pitcher for several years. Uh, she's on top of her game right now. I guess I just don't know enough about them offensively. I know that Tennessee's got some big-time firepower. Yeah. Uh, Camo, and that's the one thing that worries you. Camo Sooner bring on Tennessee. We're in their head. Kendall says Rocky Top. 405 says I want Tennessee. Don't want to face Sandercock again. 949 Florida State. Bring him on. 405. I don't care who we play. Um, 307. I can't read that, but it's funny. <laughs> Mark says Who cares? We beat them both, but Tennessee scares me more. Cherokee Sooner. I'd like Tennessee for the SEC excuses when they lose, but I think Florida State would give us a much better series. I th- I think FSU is the tougher matchup to me because. I think the pitching they have is maybe a little bit better than Tennessee, and I still think their lineup's pretty good too. Yeah. But I, um, I'm glad that they don't have to see Nyjah Kennedy anymore. I'll say that. I'm really glad that they don't have to face her until next season. She is a special, special talent, and she, you know, as a freshman, she's already made a name for herself. That's a name in college softball that we're going to be paying attention to for, you know, three more years at least, right? And that's the cool thing about softball is, you know, in college hoops, you can be a one-and-done. 
Um, in college football, maybe you redshirted your first year and it's only two years on the scene. Like, Nyjah Kennedy is going to be one of those players that feels like she's in the game for seven or eight years. Yeah, what I think what's interesting is, like, Oklahoma's into the championship series. They got a really good chance to three-peat. Uh, they've got the 51-game winning streak going on. But I think, really, Kennedy's kind of the story coming out of the World Series, at least right now. A little bit like Odyssey Alexander a couple of exactly. years ago, you know? But the difference is that was Odyssey Alexander's last year. Yeah. Yep. Right? Yep. What, or or did, she, no, did she that have was one it. more? That was, that was it. Yeah. That was, that's what I was thinking. It was her last year. Like, this girl's a freshman. Like, that's what's kind of crazy about that story is uh, there's there's no telling how good she's going to end up being. And, like, that's – I feel like that's kind of, at least up to this point, that's been the um, – you know, the player that's really turned a bunch of heads so far through it. Now, things can change. Obviously, you have, like, some epic Florida State-Tennessee series here to get into the championship, and then who knows what happens in the championship. There's some players that could really turn some heads there, but, you know, with all of the attention and all the fanfare. But as of right now, Kennedy's kind of the – has stole the show. Yeah, I think she's one of those that um, OU softball fans respect greatness, just like they did with Odyssey Alexander. I think I, I don't know if she got a stand. I guess you can't really give uh, a standing ovation in the situation today. But if that situation were was there this tournament, OU fans I think would have given her one. She she was she was deserving of that. And as as much fun as those matchups are going to be moving forward, I hope this isn't a sign of the times. I. It would be a sign of the times if you have a great freshman year. Ooh, I'm going to dip my toe in the transfer portal to see what NIL opportunities I can get, you know? Yeah. I, I don't hope that happens just for the sake of the sport, but it would be it'd be so this era of collegiate sports for that to happen. Because someone would shell out a ridiculous amount of money for. Man, I, I kind of feel like if something like that happened right now, I almost feel like Oklahoma would get an unbelievable amount of hate. Oh, yes. Yeah, are you kidding me? It doesn't. All they have to do is slam a bat down right now for people to hate on them. But if they were to get a player of that caliber in the portal this offseason, oh, jeez. I uh, know. Uh, I hate to say it, but it's almost like, you know, it's almost like you start to consider – like some of these moves that are going to make you a better team because of the outcry that it may create. And I, I, that's me saying that I can't, I don't think Patty Gasso and her coaching staff are thinking that way by any means, but it is like something that you start to like think about. It's like, gosh, what would the reaction be if that happened? Well, text line saying that uh, Mike White would spontaneously combust if that happened. Yeah. Yeah. He would. That's right. He, he, he would. And we're still convinced that he might try to sneak into this championship series as an umpire. Though that Oof. dirty mustache is going to give it away if he tries it. I'll be, I'll be watching out for it. Yeah. Everyone turn up their TVs uh, whenever the championship series is being played. Listen for Australian accents <laughs> out there. I thought that you were going to attempt it with the ball and strike call. I thought that that's where it was going. Too bad. Yeah. Well, I was going to, but... I've, I kind of froze up. I was like, how do you say a ball or strike in <laughs> Australia? Like, what does that exactly uh, sound like? But, yeah, I don't know. Um, we're in a good spot. 
I think they throw Jordy Ball um, in game one, no matter who you face. And if you get the win, you keep her with the chance to come in as a closer, championship closer uh, in game two if you have that opportunity. Well, That's I'm, what I would think. And you know what? And this goes back to you know how they handled the rotation throughout the year is – it's late in the year. I, I, I haven't looked at the weather forecast for later this week. I'm guessing it's going to be hot, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. June in, in Oklahoma. But you're not going to be throwing a pitcher out there that almost had to single-handedly carry you throughout the regular season. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. not that Jordy Ball only pitched like 50 innings or anything, but, you know, compared to where it could have been, because you had a Friday, Saturday, Sunday starter, Jordy Ball seems like she's really fresh this late in the season. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll, she's starting game one. And she's probably going to pitch every inning unless it's a blowout. If you need to bring her back in game two in relief and then start her again in game three if it gets there, you don't feel all that bad about it because the way that you handled the rotation throughout the year. So that comes back looking like a, uh, a great thing that happened for you throughout the regular season. Right. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you've got – Florida State, Tennessee, that game is this evening. And if they uh, if, if Tennessee's able to, to beat Florida State in the first one, they're going to play, if necessary, directly afterwards. Um, what That's coming up pretty quick. Is that 6 6 o'clock? p.m., yeah, 6 p.m. FSU and Tennessee are going to play. Sander so. Cock on the mound, you think, uh, or you in the You know what? Circle? I'd be surprised if uh, any anything else happened. Now, Florida State um, – they hosted a regional, and um, what they went through. Well, they barely got out of it. They, I think they beat. They beat Marist, then they beat UCF, then they one, lost to South Carolina. Yeah, did they beat South Carolina one nothing on that Sunday? I think Sandercock yep. threw a. It was a no hitter, a perfect game. But that's that's what they just to get out of the regional. Yeah, they they. Uh, it, it got close for them, but I feel like they cruised throughout the super regional, right? Then they yeah, beat nothing. Georgia, they beat them 8-1 and then 4-2 over Georgia. And then in the uh, World Series, they beat Oklahoma State 8-0. Then they beat Washington 3-1. So they're still um, still undefeated. Yeah. That's that's and, who I was hoping OU was going to play today, Washington. You know, that was a low-scoring game yesterday. Um, and, and Washington's a good softball team, but Kennedy's just a tough matchup for anyone, man. Gosh, he's just so good. Yeah, and it's always it's dangerous when Lonnie Alameda breaks out the the oh, sweat yeah. jacket. That's the scary thing. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I'm interested to see what Carol Hutchins, former Michigan coach, tweets out after OU wins the national championship. Well, they won. They got to play with ten players the entire tournament. No wonder they won. What what's going I, on? Well, here? that reminds me, and maybe we can hit this on the other side. Um. Like, one of the controversies I've seen floating around online is some of the the pitching calls, either the calls or lack of calls, and how that relates to Jordy Ball and Oklahoma. You know what I'm talking about, right? The crow hop yeah. or, or some of that, that stuff. That's been going on since, like, the first week she pitched at OU. Yeah. It hasn't stopped. And she got Which, called for a bunch of illegal pitches last year, but not so much this year. I I need some clarification on the rule because it seems to be either 
half of the people don't know what the hell they're talking about or it's a rule that is just randomly called on random stuff. So, I, yeah, uh, I, I think you're uh, probably more accurate just to say people don't know what the hell they're talking about in the case right. of a rule, most likely. I saw some, like, there was like a, a couple of Twitter threads that had like some clips on there. And like what Jordy's doing is pretty much looks to me like what everyone's doing. Except for, I saw a couple of clips. I think there was one of, like, the Oklahoma State girl who flat out, like, jumps and then, like, replants her leg and pitches off of her. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Yes, Instead of just dragging that foot, she, like, replants it and, like, pushes off again, which seems to me it would be something that would be called. So, I don't know. It. It's got a bunch of people all up in arms. Two though. things before we hit a break. One, five-star backer Sammy Brown just committed to Clemson. Yeah. Not, not a not a big surprise there, but you saw him, what, a couple of months ago at OU, I think. But Yeah, during spring practice he was out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, linebacker from Georgia, he's going to Clemson. Second, the we got to get a dumb question out today, so I'll be that guy. Um, the win streak that will never be touched. 47-game win streak for college football or whatever win streak this ends up being for OU softball? Which one is the safest? Football. Because OU's going to break their own record in three years? Yeah, probably. Well, I I don't know what the softball team is going to go. Like, maybe this thing goes on for, for a really long time and I change my opinion. But football-wise, you – you can't end a, end a season on a winning streak uh, that really matters unless you win the whole thing. And it's really difficult to to go however many years in a row without losing a game. It's just in this yeah, era. Yeah, it, it's definitely football. I mean, ser- like I, I sound like I'm joking. Maybe I'm not. Like, oh, you could break its own record. That won't be the most shocking thing ever. But even if both numbers were at 47 like they were at one point, it's still it's still football. Yeah. Well, you know, OU softball's had a 40-game winning streak in each of the last three seasons. You know? So you just think about that right there, and it's like, oh, well, you feel like this one's not even over yet, and you're telling yourself well, they've got a chance to break it at some point. Only one thing left to do now, Porter Moser. You're going to have to break the all-time winning streak in college basketball. I think it was, uh, what, 80-something by UCLA? Is that the the number that we found? Doable. It's doable. What's baseball? Any idea on baseball? Yeah, um, it was around, I think, Florida Atlantic of all teams have it. It was around 40, I think. Yeah. Dang. I saw that, uh, boy, ORU's got one going. I think they've won like 29 Dude, out of 30, haven't they? They are uh, in the Super Regional. Oklahoma yeah. State going 2-and-Q and Q after hosting a home regional. Oh, boy. Not just 2-and-Q. Like, that's not even 2-and-Q. That's like 2-and, <laughs> like, got was, roasted in a nuclear reactor. That was, uh, was bad. Dramatic. What eighteen four was the uh, was the final? That was crazy. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Final hour rolls on. Keep hitting the text line.
The word is spreading, and the Ref Army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans. And Orthodontics wants to help you and your family every step of the way to a beautiful smile. Craig and Strait has three conveniently located offices in Norman, Mustang, and South Oklahoma City. Check out our website at craigandstraight.com or give us a call to schedule your free consultation. You'll soon be on your way to the smile you've always wanted. At Craig and Strait Orthodontics, we want to see you smile, Oklahoma. In the air to left field, Riley Boone is there, and Oklahoma does it again. The unstoppable, undeniable, unkillable Sooners win their 51st consecutive game, and they are back in the championship series for a fourth straight postseason. Wednesday night, game one of the championship series. Who are the seniors going to play? We'll find out later tonight as Florida State and Tennessee are about to start here in 30 minutes. Um, Some uh, college football news from today. Paul Feinbaum, the mouth of the South. So we know we'll be playing an eight-game SEC schedule in 2024, and he's saying, well, it's not Nick Saban's fault, but he really didn't help the cause. Feinbaum saying when Nick Saban gave that uh, interview a couple of months ago about what he thought was Alabama's new permanent rivals, and he said, yeah, that's like way too difficult, you know? Mm -hmm. Feinbaum thinks that gave the cover to all of the other teams who did not want to go to the nine-game schedule. Like Nick Saban being upset about it and saying that they need to rethink the nine-game SEC schedule says, yeah, that really didn't help out the cause for the SEC because it allowed these other schools to say, well, Nick Saban's already come out and said it. We'll just say the exact same thing. Eight's what's yeah. best for us. Maybe. Uh, well, I, I'm sure that that's probably the case, but I got to tell you, um, and first off, let me, let me say this. Maybe the eight-game situation for two years is going to be good for Oklahoma to transition into the SEC sure. instead of the nine-game. Um, we'll see what the eight-game looks like, but, yeah, I, I see your point right. there. And I know you probably – did you see that Ed Burns um, – is that his name? That um, put out that stat. Since the NCAA okayed the nine-game conference schedule in 2006 – there's never been a team play a nine-game schedule and win a national championship. Really? Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's only been the ACC and SEC have won titles since. 13 in the SEC, three in the ACC uh, since then. No one else has won a title. So that is interesting. Um, but aside from that, the, the fact that schools – voted an eight-game schedule instead of a nine-game schedule and voted themselves less money um, is shocking to me. Nobody, like, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Missouri, and A&M were the only ones that voted for nine games. Yeah. The, like, the bowl eligibility thing is stupid. I, if, if if you are bad enough to where you need an extra non-conference game to be bowl eligible, 
you need the $10 million that you would have from the nine-game conference schedule more than you need the bowl eligibility. Yeah. The bowl, that, that costs money. If you're in that bad of a bowl game, it's going to cost you money as a university to go to it. And no one cares that you can Auburn release a stupid graphic. played in the Birmingham Bowl last year. Sure, right. Yeah, you can release a graphic that says bowl eligible for the fifth year in a row or something stupid like that. Not going to help you in recruiting. Dumb. I think it's a fake talking point. I have no idea why they last-minute sabotaged the deal. Uh, ultimately, I don't care. Uh, but I, the only thing is it had to be a way to try and leverage ESPN for more money, and ESPN said, no, we like the contract the way it is. I, to me, that's the only – Yeah, I mean, I, I hope so. I hope, like, that's the reason why it didn't happen. Um and I hope that it happens in a couple of years, but at least immediately, yes. It, it could be maybe a little bit better for OU, an eight-game schedule in the SEC. We'll see. Uh, here we go. I guess this is on the – I don't know what this is on the heels of because Sammy Brown was a five-star backer. Todd Bates sucks, in all caps. This is from the 501. He yeah. can never land elite linebackers. We will never win the SEC with him on staff. Major tongue-in-cheek. Oh, okay, okay. I thought that was serious. <laughs> I had me That's for a second funny. there. I was, I was like, like, whoa. Uh, normally I read ahead there. I was like, okay, this is going to take a turn. I was about to say, that sounds like a chat GPT automated text that someone has set up to send us uh, that is giving some weird information. Uh, but, no, that's actually pretty funny. Well, hey, um, I guess – Bates got a couple of D linemen over the weekend. Did that have people fired up? Um, I feel like DeJon Terry. Well, uh, here, here's what I've learned about reactions and, and how they're, you know, how they kind of received in the portal. Mm-hmm. It's all about what school you're coming from, right? Yeah. So, like, Paya might be a better player than DeJon Terry, but Terry came from Tennessee. So there's immediate thought by most that he's the better player. And he might be. I, but, you, you, like, you get the point here is yeah. people get excited or they get upset depending on which school the kid just came from. Right. Well, you know, I I think it's just Paya. There's there's not a whole lot of film on him. Um, had, what, an ACL injury? Three games doesn't, in last year at Utah State, yeah. Yeah, doesn't have a whole lot of production to speak of. Um now, Terry, on the other hand, he does have a, a decent amount of production. Uh, it's not incredible, but when you've got a six foot four, 320-pound defensive lineman that's played in the SEC and coming from a, a place like Tennessee, I mean, that that's something. I mean, I can't say that either one of those guys are, as I look at it right now, would I say they're going to be all-conference type of guys? No, I wouldn't say that right now, but... It's good, added depth, at a, in a place yes. that we need it, and it, we're bigger. Right? We continue to upgrade the roster, get bigger, get more athletic, and um, you know, one of the places that was lacking was in the interior defensive line, still somewhat small. Right, we got way bigger with those two guys. It's so that's yeah, three hundred pound plus bodies, both of them. Uh, I think what Terry's six foot four, three twenty. It's it's not a bad thing to to add a player like, I, yes, would would either be all conference no like or either I'm going to start I'm not even going to go that far, but Terry's not coming here 
because apparently Tennessee wanted him back and, yeah. you know, maybe made such offers to get him back. So if Tennessee wanted him back, they obviously felt very good that he would be a contributor next year. He's not coming to OU unless he thinks that he's going to be in the rotation next year. So I just I'm not going to get upset in any way about bringing in two more players at a big time position of need. Yeah, I, I think there's only one way to look at it, and it's okay, good, yeah, some some added depth there to a spot that you really need to be a lot better at. Yeah, totally agree. Now. Um, got to stay healthy. Got to have a good off season. Um, you got to continue to improve technique, fundamentals, all of those things. Like I mean, and that's the other thing to me is like, I don't think you have to pigeonhole either one of these guys into where they have to be what they've been. Um, I think there's always room, especially with college players, to see a jump like a, a legitimate dr- jump from one year to the next and what a player looks like. You know, attitude, opportunity, uh, there's a lot of things that can factor in. And, you know, frankly, a guy can go from being just, you know, someone on the roster to there's a couple of injuries that happen and now you find yourself as the starter and you get starter reps and you get starter coaching every day and – a guy like totally takes off and is a different player in a short amount of time. Like that happens. So um, I'd say that both guys have a, a fairly high ceiling. We'll just have to see what we end up getting. Both guys have two years of eligibility as well. So it's. Is that uh, right? I, why do I think that uh, one of them just had one year? Well, but Pia, that's good. it feels like he should because he was in the 2017 recruiting class for Michigan. So uh, initially it was uh, how does this guy still have two years of eligibility left, and he was in the 2017 recruiting class. My suggestion to all these kids out there that, you know, they're not necessarily household names, everyone's confused by how much eligibility everyone has. Yeah. Just, just just say that you have two even if you had one, and who's going to catch it, you know? Yeah, you start to sneak some years Seriously, in here and yeah. there. Free NCAA's school. understaffed. What are they going to do, all right? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um Still two years of eligibility. Hell, he's el- he's eligible for Hall of Fame induction right now. I think. <laughs> yeah, he'll uh, he'll get in over uh, uh, Suggs <laughs> at Arizona State, maybe. Yeah, that's pretty wild though. That's 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 some good news. Now, what was this? I heard you and uh, Thune talking about the Westco kid. All of a sudden, in question. Well, I he there was a crystal ball in for him uh, for Clemson. He, he took a visit there last weekend. Uh. Now, that was just one, and that was from a Clemson reporter. Like, Wilt Fong, who's probably the best yeah. when it comes to recruiting, he put in a crystal ball for Sammy Brown to Clemson, and the point was, well, if West Coast to Clemson was legit and the best guy just put in another Clemson crystal ball for a five-star backer, don't you think he'd be hearing very similar things about Bryant Wesco? And he and he didn't, you know? So, yeah, that's yeah. I, I mean, is OU the clear absolute leader there? Probably not. But they're they're still they're they're still got to they can still get Bryant Wesco. That can still happen. Yeah. But Clemson's yep. obviously in this thing, as is what TCU, I guess, as well. So it's there's going to be a fight for a five-star wide receiver. That's no shock. Nice. So any other scuttlebutt coming out of the? Uh the camp stuff over the weekend? 
Um, there's two really good in-state wide receivers. Um, well, that kid from Shakota looks really good. Yeah, that's who I was about to mention, Elijah Thomas, and then Jaden Nickens as well. Both of those guys are really good. It, it, like from camp this weekend, it's funny because you had two quarterback commits that were there, and you don't really have that very often. Like at your own camp, you know what I mean? Like two quarterbacks that are already committed, but that's just kind of the situation that you're in with quarterback recruiting now. You got a 24 and a 25 kid already committed to the class, but no, those two, Elijah Thomas and Jaden Nickens, both are really good players, and maybe Elijah Thomas the best of the two. Yeah. Well, they both looked uh, pretty solid, like good size, too, from yeah. uh, the kid from Shakota, looked like, anyways. Well, that's good. Um, both quarterback commits were, were around throwing the football around. That looked good. And, and Sperry doesn't need to be there. You know? Right. And so, you know, the, the fact that he shows up there is I, – I don't think that you needed a good sign, but it's, it's, it's just another good sign. He's, he's locked in, even though he's going into his junior year of high school. But, yeah, he looked really good at the camp. There you go. And I saw some of the pictures floating around of, um, you know, a lot of the – the freshman guys moving into the dorms See, Ted for the Ruth, first time. Uh, carrying a TV, moving into the dorm. How about that? Oh, uh, yeah. There's some – that – I was laughing. Cade McIntyre, the tight end from Nebraska, got some, uh, some early offensive tackle vibes floating around there if that kid mm. continues to grow, doesn't Interesting. he? As a tight end, okay. he's huge. That dude looks massive. He was standing there next to Ozeda. The, no, that, the, that's a big human being right there, Heath Ozeda. Oh, my gosh. Well, check out the picture of those two standing next I, to no, each I other. No, I know. I know, but Ozeda is the bigger of the two. Yeah. And it's like, jeez, he's massive. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And the Omasego kid looks pretty good. Looks super, super athletic. And uh, he's got some good size to him. That was fun to see those guys. It's always Cool to see them moving in. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. A couple of segments left. Stay tuned. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. First impressions are everything. That's why your lawn deserves the quality cut of a Kubota Zero Turn. Shop Great Plains Kubota for the speed, agility, and simplicity you require from a mower for a trophy-worthy lawn. Now at Great Plains Kubota, get a Z231 Zero Turn for just $5,099. Plus, with annual service specials including free blades, it's a no-brainer not to shop the brand that serves. Visit our showrooms today or online at greatplainskubota.com. Again, greatplainskubota.com. Moore Norman Technology Center is a leader in workforce development for Oklahoma. High school students involved in technical education show strong graduation rates and are ready for employment in industry, for college, or both. Each year, over 90% of MNTC graduates work in their chosen fields and quickly begin contributing to Oklahoma's tax base. Your MNTC investment continually generates solid returns for your community and for the state. Call 405-801-5000 to learn more about Moore Norman Technology Center elevating our economy. 
You're a member of the Ref Army, and we know you want to show it. We've made it easier than ever before with the new and improved KREF Store. Hats, t-shirts, sweatshirts, just visit KREF.com, click the KREF Store link on the menu, and check out our fresh line of shirts for the most dominant softball program in the nation that say softball is life, Winning Street University, and much more. The KREF Store has got you covered, so you can let everyone know you only listen to the home of Sooner fans. The KREF Store, the home of Sooner fans to suit up for the Ref Army. Your equipment search ends here. Now that's a bold statement. But at Purple Wave Auction, it's true. See for yourself at purplewave.com. Purple Wave is your online marketplace for ag and construction equipment, utility vehicles, trucks and trailers, and yes, even a classic car or two. Bidding is straightforward and simple. No reserves, no minimum bids. Ready to get started? Head to purplewave.com. Purple Wave Auction. Straight. Simple. Sold. Tyler McComas here, and if you're like me and you love to bowl, Sooner Bowling Center has made it even easier for you and your family to bowl. Visit SoonerBowl.com and skip the line to make online reservations. You can reserve your lanes, book a group party, or birthday party all by just visiting them online. With great food from the spare time grill, bowling, and the newest patio in town, Sooner Bowling Center is great for the entire family. 550 24th Avenue Northwest or visit SoonerBowl.com. Jeff Lister here with Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Have you been looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle? We are constantly receiving new inventory and have a wide selection of Silverados and SUVs. At Knippelmeyer, we still do business the same way we have for 63 years. So, if we don't have the exact model you're looking for, we'll order it for you, and when it gets here, that's the price you pay. Come see us in Blanchard. Give us a call at 405-485-3333 or check us out on the web at knippelmeyer.com. Chevrolet, find new roads. Have you or someone you know suffered a loss to your home or business from the recent storms? Before you accept a settlement, call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver is a local-based company helping Oklahomans with claims since 1988 with preparation and expert analysis detailing your loss and insurance settlement. As your trusted consultant, Brown O'Haver can give you peace of mind and make sure you're getting what's yours. Call Brown O'Haver today, 405-735-5510, and make sure they're working for you. Don't miss your chance to experience world-class professional golf at Jimmy Austin Golf Club. The Corn Ferry Tour, Path to the PGA Tour, comes to Oklahoma June 19th through 25th. Tickets, volunteers, and all event information is available online at CompliancesolutionsChampionship.com. It's world-class golf with the Corn Ferry Tour at Jimmy Austin Golf Club June 19th through the 25th. Final hour of the rush, Riverway Casino and Hotel, bringing you this hour. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, and uh, some other fun news. Hopefully, at least one of these guys makes it. I think that that'll probably happen. Three Sooners are on the College Football Hall of Fame ballot this year. Mm. Josh Heupel is there. Dewey Selman is there. Rocky Kalmus is there. So, we looked at a list earlier that had Rocky Kalmus as the best chance to get in. Dewey Selman second and Josh Heupel third. That was just like one website's opinion. Um, but either of the three, very deserving. I'll, I'll kind of root for Dewey Selman, though. To, to be, If there's only one that gets in, I'll root for Dewey Selman. 
That yeah. name, he's the older of the three there. 43-2-1 in his career. Let's let's get Dewey in this thing. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, I don't I don't know who's more likely. I, I don't know how many guys they allow in. I don't know how. I mean, I know it's hard to get in. Um, all, all three guys, in my opinion, absolutely worthy. Uh, but like I've been saying, you don't pass up a Selman on a on a Hall of Fame ballot. That's a hard name to skip past. So I'll can I'll still say that I think he's got the best chance. Everyone has uh, heard the rumors. I think about how Josh Heupel feels about OU after he was let go as the OC, but he came out to Vegas for Roy Williams' induction. Correct. That's right. Yeah, he was there. He was out there. He's and hanging I think, out. Uh, OU football's Twitter account didn't they tweet out a picture of uh, Heupel and Britt Venables? Maybe I think that's yeah. I think that I know. Happened. I know that they were. I know they were there, and I know they were chatting, and and everything it was good to see hype there. There's a bunch of a uh, bunch of guys from that era were were out there. So I can't remember if they had a game the night before. They had just played recently and lost. I think because um, I was first thing I said is like, "What a season, man!" And he was still salty about whatever game it was. It had to have been the South Carolina game late in the year. I think that was it. I think that was it. they didn't lose a whole lot of games last year, and they even won their bowl game, correct, over Clemson? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so this would have been – I think it was this. It was the week right before Big 12 championship stuff, wasn't it? So it must – I think they played South Carolina last regular season game of the year because that's the game where um, Hendon Hooker got hurt, I think, or maybe he got hurt the week before, whatever, but – yeah, they had a heck of a year. They got a chance for another great year as well. He's um, Tennessee's got some momentum that they haven't had Dude, in a while, and a I'll really tell good you, quarterback. I Joe Milton to me is one of the most fascinating quarterback situations in the country this season. The dude, it looks like Jadavion Clowney playing quarterback. He's so huge. He's got a howitzer He's too. Gigantic has an absolute cannon for an arm. Now, can he be accuracy like that? Can he have the accuracy that they need? Um, we'll see. He looked really good in the bowl game. Uh, he can run a little bit. I don't know I don't know how much. Uh, he doesn't have the experience of a guy like Hinden Hooker who was a felt like he was a starter for five years. So he's fascinating to me though. Like if he if he plays like he played in their bowl game, whew, look out. And I don't know, I like I, I wouldn't expect a massive drop off from him in the Tennessee offense. I mean, that's a that's an offensive guy as their head coach. You know, he's going to scheme some guys open. And dude, that yeah. was a tough spot to be in late in the year. Um, I'm not saying that Vanderbilt was any good. They were a five win team, but to have to all of a sudden be the guy that late in the year. And yeah. they put up some big numbers at Vanderbilt last game. And then they play Clemson, who had a good defense in the Orange Bowl last year, and he wins that game. Like, that's a tough spot to be in, and he was really good in that spot. So Yeah, he went um, – he was 19 of 28 for 251 and three touchdowns against, uh, against Clemson, who I don't know what their defense ended up, be, ended up being ranked last year, but it was high. They were, they were top ten. And, um, you know, the, the interesting thing is how much 
like what's he going to be able to bring to the to the rushing game because that was that's a big part of that offense and, and that's to me continues to be the thing for Oklahoma is how how quickly and effectively are they going to be able to get Dylan Gabriel uh, going in the running game? Um, Hinden Hooker last year had five touchdowns, 430 yards on the ground, uh, carried it quite a bit for them. Like for this offense to really take off, you, you got to have that quarterback rolling. So we'll see. All right, quick timeout. Final timeout. We'll come back and wrap things up here from Newcastle next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Are you looking for the kind of OU apparel you can wear at work or dress-up events? The Jimmy